listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the perks of using an e-reader, something I feel like close to my heart, giving advice (laughs) on gifting books, and we're recommending books from authors with big backlists. I like big backlists, and I cannot lie. (laughs) But first, Bria, what are you reading? I am reading, and I guess I'll be reading this forever for the next (laughs) several months. I don't know. I'm reading The Last Crescent City House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Moss. Oh, wow. As people might know, I read the last one fairly recently, and now I've started reading this one. My friend who wants me to read them with her read it in like three days when it came out. I'm maybe 50% of the way through it, maybe 50% of the way. Here's the thing. It's impossible to describe these books unless you've read the first two, which I will say kind of gives me faith in readers where it's like, wow, you have to do so much work just to read this book. Like, (laughs) and that just means like, I'm kind of impressed with like the fandom and that people stick in there. And that, you know, I feel like we're at this, like, I maybe have said this on the show before, but we're at this like stage in the world where people are like, oh, like people have no, uh, they no stick to itness. Nearly, they just want to watch TikTok videos for ten seconds or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, you've had to re- read like forty hours worth of books to even crack this book open. And then that you still wild. have another fifteen hours of books to read or twenty hours of books. But it's the same character, this woman who I mean, it ends the last one with like this cliffhanger, and then it's basically her and her. She's separated from her um, fairy angel. Is he a fairy or an angel? People are like screaming at me right now. They're like, fuck you. You should know this. A anyway, hot magical lover. Yeah. But Mallory, I'm going to tell you, I'm 50% of the way through and there's been no steaminess. Not at all. It's just adventure. What? It's very adventure based. This one, if you're looking for an adventure, wow. this whole series is much more adventure based than the other ones. Like this one is like, there'll be like what, I mean, for as many pages as there are. It's like one or two sex scenes for the whole whole book. <laughs> like I've read 500 pages. I want at least one sex scene for yeah, 100 pages. And I, yeah, no, it's definitely not that, but no complaining. It's very entertaining. And I thought this would be a book that I would be like, well, I'll read a little bit and then I'll start something else and I'll read a little bit and start something else. But I'm pretty into it. Like she does a good job of setting up these worlds and like I'm, I'm invested. I want to know what happens. I want to know if the uprising is going to take hold. I want to know if she's going to find... Her honey again. I'm like, I'm, I, I gotta know, you know? So pretty invested. I know a lot of the glassers are reading this one as well, or they probably already read it. They probably, everyone's already finished it. Who are the real fans have already finished it, but I'm just now starting it and getting through it. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, I just finished a book that you've already read yes. and I knew I was going to love it, but oh my God, I have to gush about it. It's the new Paul Tremblay, uh, dear good. friend of the show, it's mm-hmm. a, a novel called horror movie. And, uh, Bria, I really, I read this book in one sitting. You did? Wow. Yeah, I could not put this down. It is, I mean, it's classic Paul Tremblay. It's a really scary book that like the whole time you're like, is what's happening actually happening? And it's so interesting because it's a, like the the story is kind of a classic setup. It's like in the 90s, this group of like wicked indie filmmakers goes to make a movie and something really bad happens. So you have like the timeline of them shooting the original movie and then you have one of the 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 only surviving cast and crew member in today's timeline is working with filmmakers to make a like reboot slash remake of this film that really was never actually released. Mm-hmm. It was only like this. I think there's only like three scenes out there on YouTube, but it's gotten so much like 
horror movie legend around it that people like online are really obsessed with it. It has a huge fan base. It's kind of like a cult film, even though it never was actually released. So you have those two timelines, but you also have the script for the original movie. So you have kind of these three stories going on at the same time. And and again, like that's kind of a basic setup, but because it's Paul Tremblay, like you don't know what's actually happening. You don't know if like the events of the movie are bleeding into real life or vice versa. Like there's kind of a monster, but it's all like, you don't know if it's actually a person or not. Like there's so much happening. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. read this in one sitting and that night I woke up in the middle of the night and swore that the monster from this was in my bedroom. <laughs> it scared me for different reasons. And that those reasons were that I'm a filmmaker and like the <laughs> stuff that happens on the set that he, it was, it was so as a person, yeah. you know, you've been on low budget sets and you're like, wow, uh, you're right. This is dangerous. I, I mean, it, it's a tough read for a filmmaker, I think, but a really good read. Yes. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, I absolutely loved, loved it. it. And it's it, it's Paul talking a lot about like making art today and capitalism and fandom. And the, there's just so much he's saying about about the industry and the genre. And it's so uh, it's definitely not a feel good book, Mm-mm. but I don't think there is a single Paul Tremblay book that you're going to, you know, read while <laughs> playing with puppies in a field of sunflowers. But like, it's just, it's, if you like horror films, you like horror at all, you got to read this. It's, it's really a masterpiece. I absolutely fucking loved it. Terrifying and just has so much to say. And I, I'm going to be thinking about it a lot. I think it's going to be on my best of the year. So that's Horror Movie by Paul Tremblay. And mine is House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Moss. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Kayla wrote in with some really nice stuff to say about our merch. Oh, Kayla said, hi, Brian Mallory. First, I would like to thank you for fixing my bookish problems. I returned three books to the library drop yesterday and just threw those suckers oh. in there without even a Kayla little bit. Kayla was the one worried about the thunk of the, of the yes. books. Thought my, she thought she might be damaging those books. Yes. Yes. But, uh, she threw those suckers in there without even a little bit of guilt about how they landed. Okay, there was a little guilt, but then I reminded myself that those boxes are expensive for a reason and I moved on with my day. Even more importantly, how am I just figuring out that every design in your Void merch store can go on whatever yeah. you want? I've looked before and seen designs that I like, but I thought I'd rather that was on a blue shirt or that would be great as a sticker. Despite Mallory's reminders that they've got hats, bags, and stickers, I somehow failed to put together that you could get every single design on each of those and more. You want book slot on a skateboard deck or a beach towel? Libraries are flipping awesome as a shower curtain. They've got you. Glassers, go get you some merch. Thanks again for all you do to bring to the show. Now I'm imagining someone getting book slot on like many things in their house. So it's like on a blanket, <laughs> on a pillow, on a cup, on a mug, on a on a t-shirt. And you walk in, you're like, what's up? <laughs> you okay over there? <laughs> but folks, I'm telling you, we do not pay Kayla to say this, but we do love our merch. I do wear our merch regularly, even though it is my show. <laughs> it's true. Me too. I do too. I do too. Uh, Tanisha wrote in and said, hi, Brian Mallory. Confession, I'm a dog error. Please don't hate me. And I promise you, this is only on my personally owned books. I use bookmarks or receipts or anything else bookmark adjacent in library books or borrowed books. However, to help curb my dog earring habits over the holiday period just gone, I discovered a new way to prevent dog earring when I lose bookmarks, which is usually the reason why I fold those puppies over. Yeah, you know. I like you called them puppies, by the way. You called them puppies <laughs> in this dog hearing. Um, by the way, I'm a dog earer, so you shouldn't apologize. Yeah, we um, absolve you of all book guilt. Do not worry. This You can dog ear to your heart's content. 
I had a ribbon from an empty box of vegan chocolates I was about to throw away when I realized I could repurpose the ribbon. I used masking tape to tape it to the inside back of my book cover, and then I fold it down and thread it through the last few pages of the book, which is usually blank. Then it comes out the top and I use it like a fancy ribbon bookmark. I love this. The ribbon this does is a not, wicked hot book tip. It's very cute. The ribbon does not fall out because it's taped in and quite secured. It's there until I take it out. The masking tape does not ruin the cover pages. Amazing. So you don't have to search for a bookmark because the bookmark is already in the book. I love this I, idea. This is, I gotta, hold on. Hot, hot, hot as hell. Wicked hot book tip. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good idea. To have your bookmark in your book, that's the key because I also will just start dog hearing because I'm like, I don't want to find a bookmark. But if you yeah. have one just <laughs> taped in, you don't have to yeah, worry about that's, it. Tanisha's out here living in 3034. Exactly. Also, it's a good, good. you don't have to buy a bookmark. You can just repurpose stuff. Like there's, I get stuff like this all the time where I'm like, this is such pretty packaging, but I don't know what to do with it. So it's going in the garbage. And this is a great <laughs> way to like reuse that stuff. I love it. Caitlin wrote in with a wheelhouse and said, Hello, Brian Mallory. Thank you both for making this podcast. I love it so much. My wheelhouse is near future sci-fi, especially if it's focused on how human lives are affected by new technology. Sci-fi fantasy books where you can't tell if it's science or magic. Books about video games and society, bonus, and feminism. Feminist hmm. essay collections, memoirs by women and queer folk, unless they're politicians. Yeah. <laughs> and YA graphic novels and memoirs. No Ooh, politicians. No memoirs by politicians. You know what? I love it. I'm fine with that, too. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And uh, quick bookmarks just to remind folks, next Friday, March 1st, March 1st, Friday, we are doing the first Glasser voted book club. The Glassers and the Slack channel voted for Starling House by Alex E. Harrow, and we are going to be doing a book club for it. It is for Maximum Fun members only, so you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join to sign up. Any sign up level, even as low as five bucks a month, which, man, for five bucks a month, you get a lot of stuff, but also, you get an invitation to this members-only book club. It is going to be super fun. We are going to talk about this book where Bria's already read it. I am about to read it. We're going to discuss our reactions to it, answer some book club questions. It is going to be a blast. It's at 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I will be posting the Zoom link to the Slack channel, which, again, you can only join if you are a member that supports reading glasses. But if you are a member and you don't do Slack, just email us and I will send you the Zoom link. It's going to be a really, really good time. And don't worry, it's not too late. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm reading the book, but I'm not a member, you can join right now as you were listening yep. to this. Yep. MaximumFun.org slash join. And you also, again, get access to the Slack channel and our eternal love for helping support the show that comes out every single week for the past seven years. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. Uh, so before we talk about the perks of e-readers, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Dipsy. Folks, it's February, arguably the most depressing month of the entire <laughs> year. You ever find yourself craving a getaway from the routine of daily life? You're looking outside and there's that crusty gray snow. You're looking at a pile of unfolded laundry inside and you just need your souls lifted you can indulge in a steamy fantasy world filled with hundreds of sexy stories on Dipsy designed to turn you on, whatever your fantasy is. But Bria, what is Dipsy? 
Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, or hot and heavy hookups. But that's not it. What else do they have, Mallory? They also have, ooh. <laughs> they also have, what other, you don't have to listen to these stories. There's other things that you can do with Dipsy. Yes, you can get soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, sexy written stories if you want to read with your eyeballs instead of your ears. But really, whatever you're, you're into, Dipsy's got you covered. I'm also very pumped that Dipsy has started to dip their toe into the world of romanticy. Like, mm-hmm. Dipsy knows what people want. They're on the hot boner edge of reading. <laughs> <laughs> they know what erotica and romance readers like. And folks, maybe you've always been interested in the genre and you have no idea where to start. Dipsy is the perfect place. You can try all different tropes and genres and scenarios. It really is the best place for both hardcore romance and erotica readers and people who are just interested in trying it out. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. 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 The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 're plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes judge John Hodgman the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once only on maximumfun.org This week, we're delving into the perks of using e-readers. Obviously, you can read books on them, but what else can you do? What are the coolest tips, tricks, and functions of e-readers? We are getting into it. And today's episode was inspired by Nora. Bria, you want to read uh, Nora's question to us? Mm-hmm. Nora wrote in and said, Hi, Bria and Mallory. While going through some old things a few years ago, I rediscovered an old e-reader and began using it. Since then, I have found it is my preferred way to consume books. However, I rarely highlight or make notes, and I really don't have much of an idea of the features or functions e-readers have to offer. I was wondering if y'all had any tips or tricks on how to get the most out of the e-reading experience. In case it's relevant, I use a Kobo Libra 2. Thank you for all that you do. I'm a fairly new listener, but I absolutely love the pod and look forward to every new episode. First off, Nora, thank you so much. That's so nice. Also, okay, so Bria, you use a Kindle. Yeah. I use a Kobo. So mm-hmm. we, between the two of us, we're going to cover both main types of e-readers. There are obviously others, but those are the ones that we use. They also happen to be the ones that are probably the most popular, we'd yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Bria, you have been the sort of expert e-reader queen for quite a long time now. What are your favorite tricks and functions of your Kindle that don't involve just reading a book? 
Well, I, w- I would say I was also a person who didn't use many aspects of my e-reader either until people started writing in the show and telling me about stuff. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm not a person who like gets a piece of technology and then explores it. I'm just like, <laughs> how does this phone work? Can it dial? Okay, I got it. That's kind of been my relationship with technology in general. So my e-reader, I hadn't done that much with it. But first I'll say, maybe Nora doesn't know, but you can download books from the library. And a lot of people still don't know that. I tell people that and they're so shocked. So First thing is downloading books from the library. Second thing, and maybe not the thing that I should talk about, but it is one of my best tips and tricks, is that once you've downloaded those books, you turn off the Wi-Fi on that reader and you still have them on your account till you're done reading them. <laughs> you, can, you can return those books as much as you want. The books can get returned automatically. You get to keep the book. So that is it's one a magical tip limbo. that I think is very important for you to know. Uh, what do you have about the Kobo? I mean, the thing that I, that really blew my mind when I first got my Kobo and I think that people need to really lean into more is how customizable the appearance is. Like not only can you just, I mean, you can make the text bigger, which is great, but I didn't realize for a while that you can pick different fonts. If you don't like the font that your book is in, you can download a bunch of new fonts, which is really cool. Isn't there a font you don't like, you personally? There's a few that I don't like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like a font that's too whimsical. (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't want to be like you hate like a real basic one right don't you not like times new roman or something don't you have oh no i'm a times i'm i am a times new roman fiend what's the one you don't like okay i feel like there's one you don't like yeah there's one i don't like but i can't remember what it is but yeah i like a i like a very boring looking font so i can just focus on the book got it but also I didn't realize for a while that you can change the line spacing, which is ah, really cool. cool. Yeah. And I always make it a little bit bigger and that uh, that's nice to read. You can also change the size of the margins. Like there's basically every single thing that you look at on a page is customizable on a Kobo or Kindle. It's amazing. Uh, and in Kobo, you can also enable large print mode. If you go to, if you go into settings and go under beta features, which makes not just the text of the book bigger, but it makes all of the text on the entire Kobo bigger, which is really, really handy for people who, uh, like me, sometimes like reading without their glasses on. Um, oh. And honestly, at this point for books that if I'm going to buy them in print and I see that they have the, like the print is really small, I just get them on my Kobo instead. Yeah, yeah. 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 As you know, I'm a big, I like to make the print huge. My mom actually just uh, roasted me for my print size. So. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you are also a fellow um, l- large print enjoyer. Yeah. And don't forget, you can, um, at least on a Kindle, you can pinch to zoom. You don't have to go, you can just zoom like, oh. is, is it called pinch to zoom? Pinch? Yeah. Reverse pinch? Why do you, why does it say, why is it called pinch to zoom? You're not pinching anything. Well, I guess you start rever- with a pinch and then you zoom. Yeah, it's like it's a reverse. I I actually I don't like the term reverse pinch because I'm like we need to come up with a better word for that. I didn't know that's what it was called either. Um, but on Kindle you can just do that on the screen, even on the paperwhite, which is nice. Uh, what else? What are other fancy perks of your Kindle? Do you well, love? The next thing I use the most is the search function for like a name. So if you oh. highlight a word or a name, you highlight it and it's like, what do you want to do with this? And you're like, I want to search and you can choose what to search in. And I like to search within the book and find the other mentions of it. So that way, if you're reading like what I'm reading right now, a thousand page book and there's a lot of names and you're like, who is this again? Who the fuck oh, is There is nothing worse than like picking, like reading and then you see someone's name and you're like, I know that I know that this person is important to the plot in some way, but I haven't seen them in like 200 pages yeah. and I do not remember who they are. For the fantasy readers, or let's say you haven't picked up the book in a second, it's great. You Ooh, search it, it yeah. shows you everywhere that it's mentioned and you can, and it, it actually, it kind of, it doesn't always work great, but it shows you like 
the mention that it seems like will be like the best mention, maybe it's the first mention, but I think it goes like literally like the best mention where it's like, oh, it describes this person. So that's helpful as well. You can figure out who the hell they're talking about, but you can also see all the mentions of this person or thing or whatever. If you're just like, it's like a, you want, it's like a bookcase. You can see like where all it's been. Uh, so even any word you can search for and see all the mentions within the book. Oh, that's so handy. Yeah, yeah. What else do you got? I want to talk about the light settings a little mm, bit. Um, yeah. Because obviously you can change the brightness, but it took me a little bit to realize that I can also change the temperature of the light, which is really nice from like oh. more blue to more orange. Oh, uh, I can't do that. That's that's a Kobo thing. Oh, it's nice. There's also apparently a way to turn dark mode on so you can read white on black, but I could not figure out how to do it on my <laughs> Kobo. But apparently it it is available in some mm. way. Mm. What else? What are you loving about your Kindle? Uh, well, I do a lot of highlighting, especially in research books. Like you can highlight and you can even highlight a library book. And even when the book is returned to the library, your highlights are still there. You can still find really? those highlights. Yeah, you can. Um, it's all on Amazon, unfortunately. Sorry. You go to Amazon, you go to your devices, and you can find every highlight that you've ever done, even on books that have been returned, that you don't own anymore, that you deleted. All the highlights are still right there, like on your Amazon page, which is super helpful when I get a book from the library. I read it for work, and then I do a lot of highlighting, and then the book gets returned to the library. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, no, but it's fine. My highlights are all there. I can access them anytime I want, which is really nice. You can also oh. apparently do a screen grab on certain Kindles. I don't think you can do it on Paperwhite, but there is a way to do it on other Kindles where you can grab any page if you need it. I just don't do that. I just read about it online. Huh. Um, what else do you have? Also, so much of this stuff is about the customizability. I didn't realize for, until like probably four months into me using my Kobo that you can customize and change all the buttons and functions. Mm. Like you can change what each button does if you want to. Wow. Okay, cool. How like, many buttons do you like, have on there? How many buttons are there? I think there's two or three, but the, the page turning buttons, if you want them to do other stuff, like you can. You can change what the swipe does. You can change the area of the screen that you can swipe in. Oh, cool. That's, yeah, Maybe you could do that on Kindle too, but I can't, I haven't never looked into it. Oh, it's awesome. Also the fact that like you brought this up earlier, but people might not realize like how easy it is. Like I have my Kobo synced up to the library with Libby. So now whenever I get a new book, like a library hold comes in, it automatically gets sent to my Kobo. So I just open up my Kobo, press the button that says sync it. And then it's just there. Like you're, you don't have to do anything weird. You don't have to like plug your Kobo into something and like upload it on a computer. Like it, Libby sends it directly to your Kobo. Yeah, it that's is. same with Kindle. Yeah. So fucking nice. Also, nice. one other tip is that you can set it to save all your selected words. Like every word you click on to like see what it means, it, s it saves those in a list. So you can kind of start like a vocabulary list for yourself. Of all like, I don't know if that's, if you're trying to learn more words at the end mm -hmm. of the month, you could be like, all right, well, what are all the words that I looked up this month? Like, it's pretty, pretty cool. I like uh, that. But you have more, I have, yeah, I have more a couple, Kobo love. Yeah, or uh, Kindle love. Yeah, Kindle I've, started, love. I've started organizing things in my library, which is good because I have so many books on there that I need to organize. And I have just little sections of like my TBR, my TBR that is from the library, my TBR that um, I own, books that I've read that I own, books that you, like I have stuff just for reading glasses. So have it all organized and it makes it much easier for me to go through and figure out where I'm like, uh, oh, I don't have anything I want to read. Let me see what I own. And I just have, like put it off or whatever. Like it just makes it easier for me to 
put it in these little categories or folders. I think they're hers. Um, and then I don't have mine connected to Goodreads, but because Amazon owns Goodreads, a lot of people do. And they like that aspect of it where you finish a book and you get to automatically upload your review and stuff to Goodreads or that you finished it, it'll go straight to your Goodreads. Be careful if you're reading something you're embarrassed about and it's connected to your Goodreads, it will show up on your Goodreads, but you have to connect it. Uh, it doesn't automatically connect to your Goodreads. Also, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. But we had someone who was like, I realized, right? We had someone write in who was like, oh, I've been reading all this erotica and it was showing up on my Goodreads and I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're like you, if your mom follows your Goodreads and you are reading the Minotaur Milking Farm or whatever that book that everybody's been talking about, like maybe you don't want your mom to see that. But so I think basically what we're saying is there's two big categories of e-reader perks. One of them is all like the tech stuff, which is connecting to your Goodreads, connecting to Libby, saving your highlights, saving your saving words that you look up. But there's also like the customizability for like the visuals, which is just, and again, maybe I'm just on a slow march to death and my eyes are rotting in my head. But, you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate being able to make the line spacing bigger, making the making the text bigger, picking the the color of the backlight. Like it really is nice. And like I never it's something we mention all the time on the show, but I need to take a second to like I never realized how nice it was when we first started the show. Like I was not an e-reader. I did not have a Kobo. And I just didn't realize how fucking lovely it is to just have like a light little Mm -hmm. e-reader that you can hold in one hand and you can bring everywhere. I'm actually at the point now where I don't like um, in my day to day life, I don't put a book in my purse. Most of the time I keep my Kobo Mm because it's so much smaller. It's so much lighter. It's just it really is fantastic. And if you are a person who is interested I would suggest checking it out. Like you can get a used one, used Kobo or a used Kindle for not super expensive. And Mm -hmm. even for just reading my library books, it has made, it's definitely improved my life. And I highly recommend people check it out. And you know, I feel the same. (laughs) Bria has been, been banging that e-reader drum for about a decade now. So Mallory, you said your eyes are rotting in your head. Do you think that as we grow older, your body starts to just rot? I think you have to die. (laughs) I mean, that's what it feels like at this point. (laughs) I am. As Bria and I were recording this, I have. Maybe your teeth rot. But I don't think your eyes rot. I guess they're still like plugged in and going, huh? Plugged in? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not what you say about teeth. (laughs) Well, I meant your eyes. Oh, your eyes. Also, not what you say about eyes. Not what it says about any part of your body doesn't need to be plugged in. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Anyway. All right. Sorry. I wish. Uh, I wish. my. If I could just plug myself in. What a dream. Yeah, it would be nice. Would be nice. Uh, like my coat, I would charge my Kobo and then sit next to it in bed and charge and charge myself, and it would be beautiful. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on e-readers to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com Before we solve a bookish problem about gifting books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Miracle Made. All werewolves, please stop listening to the show right now for like. Two minutes. Okay, good. You're not a werewolf? You're listening? Great. Bria, what are Miracle Made sheets and why are they so great? Miracle Made sheets use silver infused fabrics and make temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable. 
without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Mallory and I really like these sheets. I really like these sheets. I am a hot sleeper. I'm also afraid of werewolves, even though I love them. So I sleep great knowing that my legs aren't going to overheat. I will not be attacked by a lycanthrope. And uh, so I'm protected from monsters, bacterial growth, and stinky odors. My cats love to sleep in the bed. So it really helps to have a set of sheets that are uh, preventing bacterial growth from my disgusting creatures that live in my house. There's nothing that makes you feel so human as when you get in the bed and you think, this bed stinks. And it's because my human body is leaving gross (laughs) stuff all over it. But these sheets really do help with that. And I will say, I love them. I've talked about it on the show. I look forward to having these sheets on the bed when I'm with my other sheets. When I rotate, oh, I don't like those sheets. But these sheets, I put them on and I'm like, I am in a soft luxury bed. I am feeling happy, and I'm going to sleep well. So you can upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash glasses. And if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code glasses at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied or you get attacked by a werewolf, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash glasses to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Glasses. Glasses. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons? Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. Now let's solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners. Dreyfus writes in, Hi ladies, always look forward to the hyper-specific bookish problem content. I have encountered one of my own. One of my best friends and I love to read, so we generally gift each other books for holidays and birthdays. I always enjoy shopping for this friend, given that we have similar tastes, but we both have rather large collections at this point. I maintain a, some would say, obsessive Goodreads and always encourage friends and family to look there when they're shopping for me. I tried getting this friend to do the same so I don't have to fret about getting him something I already got Mm. in the past or something he got himself, but he is not nearly as anal as I am about updating Goodreads. I've asked for pictures of his shelves a few times and I feel like (laughs) that spoils the surprise of what I'm getting him. I know this is silly given that we almost always give book gifts, yet what are your best practices for this? Love the show. My mom and I both listen every week and constantly talk about the reading someone else's unread books while house sitting. (laughs) And that might be one of our wow. most controversial episodes. It was very controversial. It really was. You want to read Dreyfus's wheelhouse? Uh-huh. Uh, military sci-fi, stories across generations and time periods, fantasy with a lot of unexplained or vague elements, aka environmental storytelling, gritty stories with some element of hopefulness, and essays. All right, Bria, what do you think Dreyfus should do? First of all, very cute. Very cute. This that is you're, very cute. You both buy each other book gifts. This is your thing. I love that. And... I think you should continue what you're doing. Like, this has been working. 
this is working. You have a thing that you do together. I think it's very cute. I would try to go for newer books because your friend might be less likely to own like the newest whatever, which I know is going to cost you a little bit more because you're going for a hardback or something. But if you can, I think that's going to help because maybe your friend is not going to buy like the newest military sci-fi book that you know, just came out unless he already made his way to the bookstore. I also will say just include a gift receipt. Your pal knows how much books cost. This is not a secret. Uh, And that way (laughs) this person, he can return those books and get a new one in your honor. So I feel like the only reason, Mallory, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I feel like a gift receipt is that thing where you're like, oh, and I I spent this much money. Should you know? I don't know if you should know. But if you're, it's a book. We know how much it costs. It's like between. Yeah, I feel like something like that, that is very across the board. You're not, this isn't a little yeah, uh, something that you have to hide from your friend. Exactly, exactly. So like, I think a little gift receipt to say, hey, and this could take some of the anxiety out of it for you because you obviously, you're stressed about it. You want to make sure you get the best book. You're going to the trouble of wanting pictures of his bookshelf. And that's so sweet. But like, I think just buy the book you think is best, maybe on the newer side and give a gift receipt and then he can return it and buy a book in your honor afterwards, which we all love to return something and get a receipt and get to get something new. I mean, that's always a fun time, right? I hate returning things. Yeah, returning things. I'm the awful. If it's a, if it's a bookstore you would already go to, though. Yeah, I think that that's better. I don't know if I've ever returned a book. No, you haven't returned a book. Okay, that's because people don't buy me books. They don't buy you books. <laughs> so as I say, what do you do if you? I guess people aren't returning books they don't like very often. So it's just like if you already own the book. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. What do you think, Drive? Should do. Imagine doing that at a bookstore, being like, being like, I read this book. I didn't like it. I want my money. Honestly. Back. I bet it happens all the time. I bet it happens. Or I bought it and I don't like the first few pages. I'm just going to return it. I bet it happens. What do you think Travis should do? Um, I have slightly different advice for this. Okay. Um, I think it's time to move into gift card territory. Oh, but don't you think that takes the fun out of buying this thing for your friend? Well, I have a I, I, ha- I have another solution for that. I have a all multi-tiered right. system all right. here. All right, um, all right, all right. I just feel like the moment that a bookish friend tradition moves into a place where both of you are having to do a lot of research to make the gift happen is maybe when the stress of getting the gift outweighs the excitement, Mm. Uh, especially if your friend doesn't want to be anal about updating their Goodreads. You know, the point of a gift is to do something nice for someone and make them happy, not give them homework, you know. Sure. Not be like, all right, well, before I can give you something, you need to take photos of all your bookshelves and update your Goodreads. And I get it. I mean, it, it is. I love getting books for people. That is my favorite thing to give to people. I give books to people all the time. But a gift card solves this problem. You know, you get them something or the 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 fun thing you can do with a gift card is you get each other gift cards and then you go buy the books together. No, that's cute. That's cute. I like that idea. Also, if you want to get him something that he probably isn't going to have and you don't have to look at his Goodreads for, get him a bookish item instead. Mm, mm-hmm. Get him a nice book light, a book pillow, uh, cool bookmarks. I mean, anything that we review on the show, basically. Mm-hmm. Also, you can always just ask them if they have the book you want to get for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can. Bria and I, we, you and I do that sometimes when we have, I'm but like, there are people who hate this. There are people who really hate like knowing what the surprise is part of the gift. It is not for me. Like I'm fine with someone being like, I'm going to get you this. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I, that does not ruin anything for me. And my husband is the opposite. Like he's like, don't ask me what I want for Christmas. I want you to surprise me, which is really hard because he, <laughs> which owns is everything. why John gets a bag of coal. Every yeah, year. <laughs> basically I always am like, I have so much trouble with it. But so I, I don't know for some people that ruins it for them, but maybe this person is not one of those people. Yeah, I think for me, at least when it comes to books, 
the excitement and the surprise is not finding out what book they're getting me, but hearing the reason why they chose it for me. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Like, that's very exciting to me. Okay. Doing it that way saves a lot of time and effort. But I think that Dreyfus should move into bookstore gift card territory where then you go get the books together or branch out into bookish items. Okay. And that, like that. that's, a, that's, a, that's a big surprise and that's really fun. And it's just as bookish and um, just as thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And um, But I do think it might be time to... And I get... as a per, I'm speaking as a person who has a bazillion books and people basically don't buy books for me anymore unless mm-hmm. they know for a fact. Like I got a book this Christmas from someone who just knew that I didn't have the book. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize... Right before Christmas, she had come over and hung out and I she was looking through my bookshelves and I just thought she was looking through my bookshelves for fun. That's cute. She was looking because she wanted to make sure I didn't have this book. But if you can't do that, like, I get it. It's 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 tough. But once you get it to a certain point of having a zillion books, like, that's the trade-off for that. That's the lifestyle that you're living. What about um, a collector's version of a book? You know, like That's a also special a like cover, a book you actually know he might already have or he might like or as part of like a series he likes or something. And like it's a it's a special version of it because I got it. I've been gifted some stuff recently where someone just got me. It's like an older book or something, something I already own, but it's like a cool version of it. And I'm like, oh, that is a good gift for me. Like, I like that. I like putting books on display like that. So that could be something as well. I think that's a great idea because... Mm-hmm. It takes all the stress out because you know that they love this book. You know that they have this book. And so you're, they're kind of guaranteed to like it. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's something that a lot of people won't get for themselves. Like a few years ago for Christmas, Jeremy got me the, like the really fancy folio society version of the Historic Materials trilogy. And I fucking loved it because I yeah. never bought it for myself, but I really, really enjoy it. And it looks so nice on my shelf. I think, I think that's a great idea. Mm. Extra hot book tip from Ooh, Bria. Thank you. Thank you. If you want us to solve your bookish problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Danielle. Danielle says, hey there, I'm a huge Storygraph fangirl slash convert, and I love all of the amazing data pieces it gives me. One of the data points has set me on an interesting reader goal for the next few years. A fantasy author whose views on the trans community are hateful and fully against my own values is featured in my top 10 most read authors. Mm -hmm. I really want to dethrone this author, so I need some recommendations for authors that I can read that have a healthy slash long backlist, bonus points for women of color slash trans authors, and here's my wheelhouse to help with the recommendations. Bria, you want to read Danielle's wheelhouse? Mm-hmm. Friendship narratives, bonus for female-female friendship, big teen feelings, cozy sci-fi slash fantasy, cheesy rom-coms, gorgeous, like I must read this out loud to someone prose, female-focused historical fiction, witchy vibes, magical realism, and incredible food descriptions. And some of the authors on the most read list, do you want to read those? Oh, it's Jasmine Guillory, Vivek Shreya, Becky Chambers, and Shauna McGuire. Which, honestly, this was great to get these authors because yeah. it really gave me an idea of yeah. Danielle's taste. But um, what do you think? Oh, I'm looking at what you're... Uh, I can't believe I didn't think of this author. Okay, it actually took me a long time because I kept coming with people and I'm like, ah, oh, they only have like four or five books on their backlist and that didn't feel like enough. I have to also say, Mallory, because of this, I went and looked at my authors on my most read list. And uh, my top 10 is also, there's multiple people on there. I was like, no. That's what happened. I think that, honestly, that's what happens when you have your Goodreads for a really long time. And yeah. It's, like, it's been, I've had it like, forever. I had my Goodreads. And, and I trans, and I trans, whatever, I put it all into the story graph. Yes. Uh, like a lot of, I haven't used my Goodreads in five years. Mm-hmm. And my Goodreads is mostly from when I was like in early college. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Over 10 years ago. Yeah. Like mine, I was like, no, it's like multiple comic people who like, I I like their books. I liked them when they came out, but they're like, have uh, become problems. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to say Nettie Okorafor. Okay. I think this is going to. That is such a good idea. It's, um, uh, she has two series. Uh, one has a lot of teen feelings and witchy vibes. That's Akata Witch. And one is like, I would say not cozy, but it's sci-fi, Becky Chambers adjacent. Like, I think you would like, if you like Becky Chambers, I think you might dig uh, the Binti series. I think you'll dig her feminist stance. And her standalone books are totally worth checking out. Remote Control is excellent. Uh, a lot of these also are uh, novellas. So that's a good way to get more books. I don't know if the most read is by page or by book. But if it's by book, you can get a lot of those Nettie Corfor into that top pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Because you got quite a few novellas. You know, like you can do... You could do remote control. You can do Benti. You know, like there's a, quite a few novellas you can throw up there. So that's my suggestion, which I think could be a really fun one. What What do you have for Danielle? My recommendation is either going to be a big hit or a big miss. Okay, but I like that swing. It's a swing. I'm 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 swinging for the fences here. All right. but I had to recommend her. She is one of my favorite authors. She has a new book coming out next month that I am vibrating with excitement about it. It's Helen Oyeyemi. I've talked about her on the show a bunch. And her books fall into the categories of gorgeous prose. That's like the main one. Her writing is so beautiful, but also witchy vibes and magical realism. And a bonus for female focused. My only word of caution and the reason why this is a swing for the fences is that her writing is very surreal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you're into that... She, oh baby <laughs> she is oh, she is just the queen like I'm obsessed with her books I have everything she's ever written her, they're really strange but they're also very literary they're incredibly beautifully written a lot of them are retellings of fairy tales and she has mm-hmm. a very extensive backlist she has eight books nine books ten books and they're all novels mm-hmm. actually no there's one that's one or two that's a short story collection but it's a pretty healthy backlist mm-hmm. and I would recommend starting with White is for Witches which is one of my favorites and is a witchy is very for... literary haunted house book White Ugh. is for a witching White is for witching you said witches White, white is for witching mm-hmm. but her her novel Boy Snowbird, which is a Snow White retelling, yeah. is probably her most popular. I read that uh, one. I've read a couple, but that one I've definitely read and it was great. Oh, she's amazing. But again, she's very weird, but very like. But very readable. Re- it's not It's not like inaccessible weirdness. No, it's not like House of Leaves, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just very, it's, it's very surreal. Uh, but if you're into that flavor, I think she's amazing. So my recommendation is Helen Oyeyemi. And I'm doing uh, Nettie Okorafor. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook. And remember, you want to be like Kayla, check out our Void merch store. Folks, also, if you look on our Instagram, Bria and I, for the first time in a really long time, got photos taken by our wonderful friend, Helena Santos, talented writer and filmmaker, but also a talented photographer, which doesn't seem fair. Uh, she <laughs> took, we did a reading glasses photo shoot. So if you want to see some of our really cool merch or really cool designs, go on our Instagram. There's photos of it. Uh, but you can also get it on tote bags and stickers, journals, shower curtains, 
almost anything you can think of in different colors, different fabrics, different sizes. There's a link in the show notes for that. Please check it out. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It is great for us. It really makes a difference. Helps us get more glassers in this community. Helps us get the good word of reading glasses out into the world. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading Cheap Podcast. On Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for reading. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.